You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello! Jocularity, jocularity. Explain. I don't have to explain. Whoever knows what I'm doing, they'll know what I'm doing. See, I didn't know. I just thought you'd gone crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you think? Okay, here's a hint. Quoting a television show of quotes in the television show of another character who actually never said it. Jocularity, jocularity. Okay, I'll tell you what it is. It's MASH. Duh. Father Mulcahy is being imitated by the other characters in different episodes, and that's what they always say that he says. (laughs) I'll ask you a trivia question. This is off. This is unprepared. Why? What's MASH stand for? Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Nice. I didn't know, so I just wanted to know. Oh, I I see. I think that's what it is. (laughs) Sounds right. (laughs) Now I'm going to have to look. (laughs) What else could it be? Mobile Army... Sterile hemorrhoids. Nice. Am I right? No. It's Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Ta-da! You are the winner of Mastermind 2019. And they're mobile because they have to possibly bug out. That's what they called it when they had to move. If you were a MASH fan, this is not the before the show discussion. Before the after the show discussion because we weren't really talking about anything specific. This is the now discussion, but if you watch MASH, as I have all my, almost all my life, um, you will know. The bugging out was a theme in uh, several of the episodes, I think at least once a season. Yeah. All right. So um, what were we talking about before the show? I don't know. You were talking, and then I would say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Par for the course, par for the course. <laughs> anyone out there married to anyone out there, you know what I'm saying. So I was talking about all kinds of things about you, <laughs> but you weren't listening. That's fine. Oh, that, that's perfect, in fact. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the show. It is Saturday, October the 12th. This is after the show 603. We're a movie review podcast. We listen to a... No, we don't listen to it. We visually watch a movie and listen to it as well. <laughs> <laughs> How many other ways are there to watch a Sometimes thing? we leave the picture off and just listen. No, we don't. We always listen and look. And uh, this week, we're looking at... That's a really good advice. You're teaching kids. Now, kids, we're going to watch a movie, and I want you to listen... And look. And look. (laughs) (laughs) Jocularity, jocularity. We'll bring it back on. All right, quit that. (laughs) All right, so... (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the movie we're looking at this week is Annabelle Annabelle Comes Home. I butchered that one. It's from the... It's three whole words. (laughs) Yeah. It's from the Conjuring universe. And it's a 2019 movie, and it's out on Blu-ray now. It's rated R, and I have no idea why. I said to you. Yeah. PG-13 would be fine for this movie, but hey. And it's from our friends at Warner, who sent us a copy for review. So, Sitar, give us the synopsis of Annabelle Comes Home, and then I'll give you the one off the back of the box to compare... 
I don't feel like there, it's a combination of ideas they put together and used Annabelle in the house of the Warrens, who are characters in the Conjuring universe, and that's it. All right, and here's the official. Uh, There's actually one. no story to it whatsoever, to me anyway. So the official one is determined to keep Annabelle from wreaking more havoc on innocent victims. Demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren lock the possessed doll in their home's special artifact room, placing her behind sacred glass. But when the doll escapes and awakens the room's evil spirits, she conjures up an unholy night of horror for the Warrens' daughter and her friends as they desperately battle to bring Annabelle's reign of terror to the end. To an end, not to the end. <laughs> all right, so um, we've that's seen so all... Not, that's not even like... That's like the maybe what the hope of the movie was. First of all, it's not the daughter and her friends. It's the babysitter and the babysitter's friend. The girl has no friends because her parents are who they are. It's funny that they would write Also, the that. doll doesn't escape because... She doesn't escape. Spoiler alert, we're going to tell you what happens in this movie. Because, to be honest, not a lot of things happen. I mean, a lot of things happen, but not a lot of things happen. Yeah, like, a lot I of things... Yeah. I, I, would, I would write that on the back of the box. <laughs> a lot of things happen, but not a lot of things happen. Exactly. <laughs> perfect, um, it's perfect. Let, let me just start by saying The Curse of La Llorona that we watched last, which was also part of The Conjuring Universe. And we both really didn't like it at all. Mm. I like this one a lot more than that one. And, you know, because that one was... I don't even know... I feel like that one was a... The Curse of La Llorona was a movie masquerading as part of the Conjuring universe when it... Conjuring. When it really wasn't. I feel like it was another movie that they just slapped a tiny little... um, Let's make this part of that on. This one actually at least feels like it's part of it. Because Annabelle is focused on. And the Warrens are around. They're not around. They're in there. Seriously. They're in there. They are. They frame the movie. They come in in the beginning. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to leave our daughter with the babysitter, the teenager, the pretty blonde teenager in our house that's got demons and shit locked away in a room. But we're just going away for the weekend. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And then they come back at the end because they're yeah. done being gone. So let me say about this one, though, Annabelle Comes Home. Um, I've like, I like the actual mainline Conjuring movies better than the spin-off that is Annabelle. But I've still had some fun watching the Annabelle movies as well. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the third Annabelle movie. And I feel like the ideas of what makes you scared about it have kind of all been used. And they try some new things in this, but I don't think they're successful all the time. I agree. Let me explain, like, what I enjoyed it. Kind of, but let me way more than that last one we watched. But let me say that when um, Martin Scorsese this week said that the Avenger films are like a theme park ride, I feel like this movie is like a haunted house that you go to on Halloween. Okay. Because not much happens plot wise. In fact, it's. Yeah, there's no story at all. There really isn't a story. There's a setup. Lorraine and Ed Warren have this sacred room with all the artifacts in it. And they're all evil, these artifacts, so don't mess with them. So what do the teenage girl do? She messes with them. And that sets up a haunted house ride for 90 minutes, which is which amounts to nothing, unfortunately. It really amounts to nothing. True. Like, no, there's nothing learned or gained or anything at the end. Um, spoilers. There's nothing lingering or like... There's no like... deaths. No, there's no gore. <laughs> there's no 
There's nothing. Like, Not that we're advocating that every single movie has to have that, but if you're going to say rated R and you're going to be living in a particular... They'd be like going to a Jason movie, or not Jason, but you know, Friday the 13th, or a Halloween movie, or a Freddy movie, or um, what are some other iconic, or Saw, and then it's like... Nothing really happens. Yeah, and if you're going for the gore, and you're going for the... <gasps> and the jump scares, and the like twisted ideas, this doesn't have any... Like, I mean, zero. It it's tries like, to have all kinds of things. If you want to usher in a kid that's the age of the girl in the movie to horror movies, this will scare the shit out of them, for sure. It's just that it's a... Maybe it's sort of a uh, starter kit movie. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. feels Don't like... Don't do, like, Exorcist first. Do, like, this. Yeah, it feels like my first horror movie. Like, you... you here's, here's a horror movie that is kind of... You know. Like, if you're a horror freak and you're our age, like 50s, and you've got a grandkid who's 10 or 11, and their parents, your son or daughter, say, do not, do not show them any of these movies. And they point to your DVD collection, which is full of, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and shit. And you're like, no problem, son or daughter. I will not, you know, violate my grandchild's brain. But look, look what I've got over here, honey. We're going to watch Annabelle Comes Home. Because yeah. it doesn't have... It's got ideas that you might have to explain, but it's also not horrific. And how it feels the way it's put together, because it's a lot of a lot of the scares, which I have to say I wasn't scared in the slightest ever. No. Um I was but, creeped out a few times. I'll yeah, be there honest. are there are some creepy images. Um but And sounds. Yeah, you know the um the thing that's over the light that goes the different colours. Yeah. Whatever that's called. Like a nightlight, a kid's nightlight. Well, I it's like the that. thing, if anyone remembers, my grandma had a silver Christmas tree. You know, the silver metal with the silver sticks and you put the shiny balls all over it instead of like a plasticky one when I was a kid. That is the thing you would sit down on the floor behind the Christmas tree and then it spins around. It's got like a, tr a plate on the front that's got like blue, yellow, red, and green. And Film, it spins yeah. around like, and it makes this sound. And it does. It always did. I always freaked me out. And then has this humongous light bulb behind it that's so hot. I mean, seriously, she would have it behind the Christmas tree. This is sort of going off topic. But then if she, when she put the Christmas presents under the tree, if you were helping her, she'd be like, no, don't set that over there by that light. And you know why? She wouldn't say it, but it's because it would have caught on fire. I would have been, so. thanks, Grandma, <laughs> for the Terry's chocolate orange that is like a, a, in liquid form. <laughs> we don't have those here. Yeah, well. My grandma bought us things, not food, for Christmas. But that's what, it's one of those things, and the girl girl had it in her room. And it is creepy. Like, why would you want your whole room, your child's room, bathed in red light and then blue light? It's like real... Yeah. <sighs> well, I really enjoyed... There's a visual with that they did with that where, like, a, the figure of Annabelle starts, like, growing mm -hmm. on the wall. And I thought that was... Yeah, that was cool. There was cool imagery. But that's what this movie is, right? Yeah, I liked when she's looking into the television and it's got that weird image on it. I, yep. That was creepy. There's a lot of creepy things, but that's why I say it feels like you're going through a haunted house ride. You know, one of those where you pay to go in and people scare you Correct. and things jump out. That's what it feels like. Cause, because I know the, ma the main concept of the movie is, well, this room is full of these artifacts. but they So they try and like use each artifact as a scare like oh there's the ninja guy and there's the they try and there's the bride walking around there's the 
But it just feels like they've got the kitchen sink and just try and throw it all at one wall. Like Correct. It, I agree. And, you know, there's a lot of that stuff and there's a lot of, like, noises. Like, oh, re- like it's very, very quiet and then bang. That's supposed to scare you. I don't find those scary anymore. I kind of know that they're going to happen usually. You're so jaded. And then there's, like, a werewolf in this movie, which during the movie I was like, why is there a werewolf in this movie? And then they explained it. When they explained it, I was, James Wan thought it was, a I was good idea. better with it. But during the movie, I was like, okay, this this idea of throwing everything and seeing what sticks, we've gone to a werewolf now. Like, this actually... Yeah, that is the explanation, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like all the ho- all the things that would be scary, let's try... And, you know, James Wan was like, well, why not use a werewolf? Because the war... I'll explain. The Warrens had a case that involved a werewolf. If no one knows what we're talking about with the Warrens, the Warrens were real people. She just passed away this year. They were real people from the 70s and 80s. I mean, they were adults in the 70s and 80s who did paranormal. They would have been like ghost hunters before ghost hunters were ghost hunters. Oh, ghostbusters. Um, I don't know if they were busting because they did it on a religious basis, you know, like God and the demons of the world and that there is a horrible force of evil in the world they truly believe that or at least that's what everyone who talks about them says that they actually believe that so they would go to people's houses like the lady from poltergeist come to your house figure out what's going on this and then house exercise is clean. yeah exercise the demons or whatever they did take your object put it in their little room it was a real room full of objects that they believed to be attached to evil spirits and demons and things like that so they were real you can look them up and that's um, where this whole universe is about that. Yeah. Like. Cases that they had in their files of people who had contacted them, I assume, and said, we have weird shit going on in our house. Can you please come and help us? So that's what that's what and, the basis for all these And are. as we know, because these are movies, they're, they're dialed up to 100 what actually happened. Because we know from the original Conjuring movie that, that what we saw in that whole movie, which was crazy... What actually really happened was a table moved a little bit and they saw it. Yeah. But, like, that would make a boring movie. So these movies are high, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that really didn't go on. So, or did it go? No. Exactly. We don't know. We don't know. I don't think a nun came out of the wall and started wondering about... I don't know, but it looked cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give them that. But, yeah, you know, these movies have a lot of style to them. One thing, like, I really like about even this one, Annabelle Comes Home, I like the time period that they're using. And, you know, it's 70s. And they really commit to it, and the atmosphere, I feel like they're dripping in atmosphere, the movie, like... I agree. The grocery store? Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, you probably can pick nitpick it, but it really had the products looking like... And the school. Yeah, exactly. And Well, sadly, a lot of schools still look like that. Yeah, true. (laughs) But it does... It does feel like that you're in a world. It doesn't feel like it's shoddily and cheaply done. It, and it's the sets are good, and the house, the Warrens' house was really good. And you know, a lot of it takes place in the dark, but you can still see what's happening. It's not one of those like, yeah, what the hell's going on? I can't tell. Oh, true. They did a good job of just. It's like right out there. I mean, the werewolf, but then it was fog and yeah. That's what I mean. It's not yeah. like Godzilla. You're kind of squinting, going, "What's happening?" Because it's mostly, most of this movie's in the dark during the middle of it. You mentioned the G movie. Yeah, but you still see everything, and I think they've always done a good job of that. James Wan's not directing this one, but... He's there. 
He's always there, isn't he, for these movies? (laughs) He's into it. So, yeah, it it operates in this theme park ride thing for me, where it's like, oh, scary. Oh, door opens, scary. Oh, something jumps out, it's scary. Oh, there's a horrible thing image. But it doesn't do anything. Like, when it's over, you're like, okay. Did it change the story of the Warrens in any way? Nope. Did it? further the Conjuring franchise in any way? Nope. Did it further the Annabelle franchise in any way? Nope. Because she did... Annabelle just... We know that Annabelle's this scary doll that harbors all this stuff and you shouldn't mess with it. And that we didn't learn anything new about it, did we? We just learned that don't take it out of the box again. Don't... It's in a glass case. Don't remove it from the glass case because it will... Yeah, it's like, it's time for us to make another movie and here are all these cool ideas that are stuffed... In all these other movies we've made, let's just showcase it and not really... Like, we're not even saying that the daughter is... I mean, we hint at that she can see ghosts and stuff. Right. But I mean, it's not like... That's not the theme. The friend of the babysitter has a kind of problem to resolve. Her emotional story is about the only actual story, except for the boy across the street likes the babysitter. Yeah, you get that. The little daughter has a conflict with the little boy in her class, and then because he's a bully, but then that gets fixed. I mean, it's like those are the stories tucked inside, but it's not an overall. My favorite. Like if somebody said, "What's Annabelle comes home about?" Also, she doesn't come home. She doesn't even leave. No. So that's a weird one to me. But well, it starts with the. With... Yeah, but that's not where she's from. She no, do- she wasn't. They've never told us in the Conjuring or Annabelle world that this house. Where this house is. Yeah, there's no like poltergeist where it's like a they dug up a cemetery of native peoples or this is a place where whatever. Like that other Annabelle movie we saw, there was a house and a daughter that's out in the country, but that wasn't even the origin. They just That was Annabelle creation, that one. Yeah, that was just the dad or whoever said let it in or whoever brought the spirit into them. Um, wasn't there one where we saw someone get murdered and then the blood of the murderer dripped into the doll and that was supposed to be like the origin? That was the original Annabelle. Was it? Yeah, because Annabelle was in the Conjuring movie at the very end. They put her in the glass, they found her and they put her in the glass case. Yeah. And then they spun it off into the Annabelle series. And the first Annabelle movie was that one that you're talking about with the, and it's then like they a moved murder to the, the apartment beginning. upstairs. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so then there is that the origin was like a crazy murder of blood because that's like Chucky. You see what we're saying though? Those are the the Annabelle movie there and the second one even the creation one. There was something interesting with the story at least. Mm -hmm. This one just feels like a greatest hits of Annabelle. Like here's here's all the things that you've seen in that room before, and guess what? They're all going to come to life and be scary. And Annabelle's not possessed or anything. It's nothing to do with the doll apparently. Yeah, the spirit just likes to have the doll. She's a vessel for spirits. But she doesn't do anything. No, she they just, just she just sits there. They somehow pick her up and move her around mysteriously, and then they make other shit move around. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm assuming she can just project to wherever, like the thing can move her. Just, mm. I don't think you actually see her move. She just appears somewhere. But I mean, is she creepy? Do you find her creepy? Um... I wouldn't give her to a child. <laughs> Unless the child was like, yeah, I love her. No, I don't know. I mean, during this movie, even though it's called Annabelle Comes Home, 
the actual scares and the stuff, they're not usually involving her at all. They're involving these other artifacts. Like, she's occasionally... That's the idea, yeah. Occasionally you see her sat in a chair or she's underneath the covers, which I know freaked you out, where, where her head was underneath the covers. A little bit. That was creepy. <laughs> um, the thing is, that's why, I'm, that's why I think it's a little confusing, because what they're saying is, the doll is nothing. There's a spirit or a demon... Or that's something attracted to her. Uses her. If she's locked up in the church glass, which we also get told the glass around her is from a church. So obviously that makes sacred it sacred. Glass. Yeah. <laughs> so once that's open, this demon then can use all these other objects. Not that the spirits attached to those objects are actually doing this. It's the one spirit that likes Annabelle is now taking its time, instead of, like, going out into the world, because it's released now, right? It's out. Right. Instead of doing that, just hangs around this house and uses everything as, like, a marionette. I'm going to make the wedding dress lady come alive, and I'm going to make the monkey come alive. But it's all the same demon, from my understanding. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Spirit. Evil. Um, Which is also, something like, to explore, which they don't. It is, but then my brain is, like, I understand. I know this isn't logical. It isn't real. I don't believe in anything at all, right? Spiritual wise. However, if there, if you're saying this demon thing lives, it's alive, then why would it stay there? The instant that glass is open and the door is open, why, why isn't it now just rampant around the whole universe? And one of my everything. one of my questions uh, always one of my the things that always crept through my mind and I, they kind of mentioned it in this one was oh why don't you just burn that doll then or just get rid of it mm-hmm. just mince it up or no whatever one ever but does they, but Vera Flaminga did in passing said something like that would just make it worse it doesn't really answer. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> so don't do that. that if you're in the next movie and you think burning it is going to solve it don't do that. Because it make it worse, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> that is funny. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. It is, it's very well made. It's got great sets. It's got really awesome sound, I have to admit. The, the sets are brilliant. really good. The house is really good. It's the, the age of everything seems totally right. We were both alive in those days. Yeah. And so You know, the audio specifically, like the this bells ringing and like little tiny like noises in the... Sometimes it's completely silent and you hear like, and like over in this corner and you're like, oh, whoa. and then like some bells ring and it sounds, sounds like it's not just one bell. It's like one over there, one over there, one over there. And it's all that stuff adds to the atmosphere of trying to make you scared. I think less seasoned horror people, we've watched a lot of horror movies, a lot. True. I think less seasoned people, it would freak them out. Like you've got friends who would be like, no way I'm watching that. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Anything to do with ghosts, there's no way. <laughs> you know, and e- even, you know, when it's just like a jump scare. In this movie, a lot of the jump scares are actually just audio. It's just like, oh, there's a big noise, up, a big bang in the in a room. That's the scare. Like, you're like, oh. No, I'm on board with how scary it is when it sounds like someone's pounding the fuck out of your front door. Which they did in this. And then you look. Yeah. And there's no one there. Uh-huh. Because if someone did that, I'd be, it's... Freaking, I mean, I'd be pissed and I'd open the door and be like, who the fuck's burning on my door? But in the moment, that pounding, it's relentless. It only lasts a little bit, but it feels like, I don't know, it's really internal. The, the, the sound of it was, but the thought of someone pounding on your front door, like 
violently, desperately pounding. And then it stops. And then you look and no one's there. And then it happens again. And you're like, that I mean, is creepy. Again, me. the sound design makes that scary too. Because it, it's, they ring the bell. It sounds really realistic. And then they're like, it really sounds like somebody's trying to, like a, the Hulk is trying to come through the door. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what's really what was a really fun part for me? Probably my, one of my favorite parts of the movie, the pizza delivery guy. <laughs> I don't know who that guy was. I mean, it's really lame, but for it some was, reason it was right. It had that lame kind of eighties horror movie kind of feel, where somebody yeah. kind of goofy shows up, and like none of the none of this is goofy. It's all played straight, and this one character's goofy. And he's only there for, what, like 30 seconds, maybe a minute? Mm-hmm. Some of the things he says was just funny. Like, And then he's gone. It's not like he's part of this. The thing is, in a traditional horror-type flick where teenagers are like that, yeah. they walk away, and the next thing you see is an axe in their head. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He just, <laughs> he just left. I mean, it's nothing, is it? He shows then again, up. again, he could have... Ooh, maybe he was uh, part of the... Demon thinking, well, this guy will freak everybody out because he's so sh- he ate a piece of their pizza. <laughs> yeah. Like that's terrifying, right? I don't know who that guy was, but that was it was it wasn't like yeah, what you just said. Like What in, was the purpose of him though? Because there was no purpose for him at all, was it? The only thing he did was told the boy across the street that in order to woo a woman he had to be rock and roll. And then, and then we, we see him playing rock and right. roll with the guitar. So like, ha- but there could have been a better way to. Well, I mean, that the kid was a bit awkward anyway. It wouldn't even need this character to introduce that. You just cut to all of a sudden, he's underneath the window trying to play his guitar True. to her, and then you're just like, "Oh, what a goof!" And like, you know, there's a bit of teenage kind of stuff in here, but it never goes anywhere, does it? Nobody. Is James Wan really a good storyteller? If you really think about it, I think though. he's a good atmosphere builder. You know, because there's a good atmosphere. Even the the Conjuring movies, which I like a lot, one and two, I really like a lot. I think two is great. The British one where they go to England to yeah. do it, um, and it's really great. It gets crazy, but it's a really slow build up. It feels actually like a seventies movie, where it's a slow build up and then it gets crazy at the end. Um, but still, it's a flimsy story. Yeah, it's the the flimsy story of. Oh, we've got two paranormal in- paranormal investigator people. They'll go to a thing and they'll investigate, and then stuff will go crazy, and then we'll resolve it. They're all that. It's just the I think he's good at developing a mood. I think the mood's right. I don't think these always have to be in the seventies, though. Don't do you? Well, they do if you're going to be real to the Warrens, unless they kept doing it into the eighties. Yeah, I don't know if they did. I don't know if they did either. I think when he died, she didn't do it. She still appeared on TV shows and stuff, though. Right. I've seen interviews with her. So let's move on to the cast here. Um, Vera Firminga, who I really like a lot, plays Lorraine Warren. But don't get me wrong with this movie, even though if you look at the cover of the movie, Annabelle is front and center. But look at the surrounding cast and Vera Firminga and Patrick Wilson are right there at the top. And you can't help but notice it's them because he's holding the crucifix and he's yelling, <laughs> which is his, his kind of set thing in these movies. But they really are just bookends to the movie, and they're yeah. not they're not main cast at all. They 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 set it up, and then they're there for maybe two minutes at the end. Like I said before, Mister Husband, 
They yeah. framed the movie. I described it very clearly, just as you did. I okay. just want to... <laughs> Make it very clear. <laughs> yeah, that you're not getting a Conjuring 3. Mm-mm. It's not that. It's not a full adventure with them. Even though you do get to be in their house the entire time, which I did find kind of cool, because that room does intrigue me. And I have said to you in the past and today that if they're ever going to make a TV show of this franchise, that room is the hub for the whole thing. You think if they make the TV show, you'd want it to be the people who made the TV show for The Exorcist? Because you liked that TV show. I really show. did like that. That's an underrated thing. I don't... I really, there's an Exorcist TV show that came out. There's two seasons. Um, it plays directly into the Exorcist movie, the original movie. The first season does. And the second season is its own thing that's separate. They were both really cool, I thought. Because it's... It wasn't even... It's a Fox show, so it was like mainstream television. But I think they pushed it. They had some good vibes. I mean, good creepy vibes, for sure. Especially the second one. I actually liked, I think, better. I was a fan of the first one more, but that was only because it was really playing off the original Exorcist a lot. Yeah, that was my least favorite part of it. We won't tell you why, because if you want to go watch it, Exorcist TV show is probably out there somewhere now to watch. Yeah, I'm sure it's on streaming now. Um... But yeah, if this was a, if they made a TV show of this, that room would be a focal point, and you would investigate one of those things every week. And there's a lot to go from in that room. So whereas this movie tries to introduce you to that room and like throw everything out of that room at you at once, but yeah, with no story behind any of it. <laughs> that, yeah, they they kind of try to explain to you the people with the coins on their eyes are this and that guy the. Yeah, fairy man is going to come quick for you. Not developed enough. Yeah, the werewolf is just—they found a book that had a werewolf on it, and then you have the werewolf, and it's sort of like boom, boom, boom. Instead of setting us up for like these are the three most horrifying things, you know. It would definitely be a TV show could cover like the the history, like it could even flash back to the original things, what happened, you know, with these stories. But this one, they, there isn't enough time to do anything. They're just like, here are the things, and then yeah. they're all going to fly at you or make a noise. It is pretty fundamental filmmaking, isn't it? Yeah. Because they have the teenage girl pick up a book, and then the do- the little daughter, who's like 11, 10, 11, tells her one sentence of what it is. Yeah. Because she's the daughter, and so she knows everything. And then she'll say, what is this? And, well, that's the bracelet that makes you help you talk to the dead. Well, what's this? Well, that's the guy who, if you don't pay him, he'll take your soul. That's exactly how it gets played out. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no like no other mystery to it. So I did it's like pretty that. fundamental. I did the the meddling teenage girl who just went downstairs and started messing with everything. I did like that way where they said, um, she said, "Oh yeah, like I went down there and I did this and that." And she went, "What else did you search?" And she went, "Everything." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she really did. When 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 she first got into the room, I was like, "Don't touch everything in my mind." I was like. She's messing with the coins. She's opening little boxes. I'm like, no, this is evil room. Even you know it's the evil room. Leave everything alone. So anyway, we were on Vera Flamingo. What did you think of Vera? <laughs> I mean, she's always totally into whatever she's doing. I like her. I think I like how her take on this lady. Mm-hmm. Like she believes in what the lady. She believes that the lady believed everything she lived. I also believe that too. Yeah, and you believe the lady believed it. Yeah, I believe the lady believed it. She wasn't yes, like a hoax. Or, I agree with yeah. that. Now, you know, I wasn't there and I don't know them and I don't know any people who could have had to 
pay and them and then shit went wrong. I don't know. So I wasn't there for that. But um, so I feel like Vera, my friend Vera, I like to call her that. She sees something in that woman and then this marriage and then the horror stuff is sort of just like over there. She's yep. more about the woman and the husband. Yeah, she. that was what she was... Yeah. Yeah, it came across like that she's more interested in the story of those two rather than... Exactly. Like things, you know, going bump in the night. Exactly. Kind of and that that's just the vehicle to tell this love story versus the horror is the story. And we're just here as a vehicle for that. Like she sees it the other way around. So I like that. And I, she's totally into every role she does. I don't always approve of all the movies, but I like her. Yeah. And what about Patrick Wilson as Same. Ed Warren? I think that he, I don't know if he takes it as seriously as she does. It doesn't seem like that, but he does it. He's relaxed in it. You know, he doesn't play it up to me. He doesn't anyway. They really bring something to the whole franchise. And it's just a shame that they're not here. And, and like, they could have been used in this film. They could have been in the whole film, right? Yeah, but then it's like you said, it's just the exact same thing over and over. Yeah, They're true. there, the shit goes down, blah, blah, blah. He'd hold his crucifix Then and it just yelling. becomes the Hulk, you know? Yeah. A 70s TV show. Um, McKenna Grace plays Judy Warren, their daughter. I was puzzling, well, have we seen that girl? Where have we seen that girl? We watched Designated Survivor, which is a uh, Netflix show. And well, she's well, the daughter on there, too. It is now. Yeah. And I don't think it's coming back, is it? No. So it's not a show at all anymore. <laughs> no. But she was their daughter, so like I, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even know until I looked it up. I just kept looking at her going, She's somebody, I've seen her before. I really liked her. Thought she was pretty good. Yeah, she was good. Are they setting her up so she's like the next That's what it felt like. Yeah. Like she'll like in a you know, five or six years they'll have it where she is their a mum and dad are dead and she's the ghost hunter or whatever. She goes out on little missions. I don't know. I mean, the way they act, they like, I don't know if this is the right terminology, but they like to honor the idea that these people were real. If they do that, then that's totally off off to the other side because their daughter doesn't do yeah. that. So, And then we've got Madison Eisman, who plays Mary, and Katie Safri, who played Daniela. See, one of the things also I liked about this movie is everybody was a good actor. I thought they acted well. Yeah, I like, thought so. I think they, they fit... They knew what they were doing. Nobody they hammed was... up the horror reactions a bit because as you as we were watching it, you got the vibe. Nothing actually really bad's going to happen here. Like at least I did. They're not yeah. going to be heads chopped off or limbs or dead people, or you're not going to get hung in a tree. Other things that have happened in the Conjuring universe, right? So their reactions were a bit old school horror to me not the blonde girl so much as the dark-headed one yeah well my, the mary the main girl she was pretty good i thought mm -hmm. and you know they had to stick to the 70s aesthetic and all that and costuming was good oh it was really good yeah so uh my, and finally i'd put down michael camino as bob what do you think of bob um, he could have been anyone. Unfortunately, he was fine, but he could have been just any young actor. Just a guy. goofy yeah. kid who fancies the main girl. It sort of goofied it up a little too much compared yeah. to the rest of the vibe. I mean, you've got a dead ghost bride coming around with a bloody knife coming to stab and kill you. You've got a demon 
who's sucking the soul out of a little girl. And then you have Bob coming with his guitar playing in the yard. And then he's also standing there with the pizza guy, like doughy eyed and like dumb acting. Like most of this, like what I talked about this movie earlier, like how it doesn't really amount to anything. Bob doesn't really amount to anything either. Nothing really amounts to anything. No, but you remember the pizza guy more. Or you like the pizza guy more than you like Bob. (laughs) Because you just had something about him, the pizza guy. It was just like, whoa, this pizza guy's a bit wacky. Hilarious. Um, So this is directed by Gary Doberman. It's his first movie. What do you think of... Well, I felt like it just felt like another installment in this franchise. It didn't feel out of place. It felt like... And it's well done. Yeah, I think it's very well made. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's maybe what elevates it because the curse of La Llorona was also pretty well made, right? Yes, they all look nice. They've got good photography going on, really good special effects and stunts, and the vibe of and the sets absolutely. Even in La Llorona, La, La, <laughs> now wow. you can't say. I can't. It. I, gotta, I gotta see the word. I can't say. It's it got two L's. Where in the <laughs> in the La Llorona, La Llorona, yeah. The Curse of La Llorona. Even that had the house that looked good, you know, the shop, even though it was really hokey, his little like, swimming pool shop part, kind of place. All that. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. even that, they all look right. They keep the, but, you know, maybe the, maybe they just need to have more story. Definitely better story. Any kind of story, not just an overarching thing that, hey, this is a universe where bad things happen and these two people investigate them like that's not enough of a thread yeah um extras on this blu-ray are the deleted scenes and this featurettes the artifact room and the occult the light and the love which actually focuses on the warrens so you do get to see behind the scenes with vera and patrick there's also uh the ferryman demon the bloody bride and the werewolf did we mention there was a werewolf yeah we did mm-hmm um, it shows you how they did it. The werewolf, I was convinced, was CG, but actually they made a suit, a werewolf suit that was yeah. really good. I mean, I think the when it comes out of the fog, it's CG. Yeah, but the werewolf suit looked awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like... Very good. And, I, you know, even though there is a werewolf, it's super underutilized. It's not in it much. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a werewolf. Oh, yeah. There's the end of the werewolf. Um, so, you know, that doesn't really amount to much. Again, on my thing... On the cover. <laughs> Actually says the most haunting Annabelle yet, but it should really say, doesn't really amount to much. <laughs> doesn't. That's good selling point. <laughs> Fun, but doesn't really amount this, to this much. This movie has no story. <laughs> it's just a bunch of stuff. Things happen, but nothing happens. Yeah, stuff happens. Yeah, so um, those are the extras. Oh, the back cover is just a picture of um, them two, Vera and Patrick, in the car with the Annabelle doll at the back which is literally a scene from the beginning of the movie that they're in. And then they go away after that. So um, overall, what do you reckon? I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Because... I'd watch more on Con- Conjuring Universe. I'll watch more. The good look of it doesn't override me sitting there being not scared, not interested in the story, and fully, firmly believing that nothing bad's really going to happen, because nothing bad ever does happen. In this universe, bad things have happened in the past. Yeah. There's been Other deaths. than the two boys in La Llorona. You see, that actually add stakes to it, though. Like yeah, but then not- it didn't balance it out either, no. unfortunately. 
Yeah, but the actual mainline movies have some blood, have some death. Mm. You know, they're a bit more extreme than these. So, yeah, I would like more horror, I guess, because I'm not particularly scared of like... More stakes, I think, is a good way to put it. Yeah. Higher stakes. Higher stakes, more stakes. I mean, you got a kid right there. I mean, you can't kill her off because she represents a real human No, but baby. you can kill those disposable teenagers. True, but then you would have to say, oh, when did the Warrens have a babysitter get murdered in their house? And <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, oh, well, that true. didn't happen. Like, but, but if you go into those movies with that in your head, you might as well not watch these movies because you know nothing's ever going to happen <laughs> to anybody. Everybody is, they call it uh, plot armor. Everybody's wearing that armor because they, they nothing can happen. Because if we are going back to the real life things, well, if we're going back to the real life things, nothing can happen. Because literally a table moved. That's pretty much all that ever happened. The Warrens saw a table move. You can't really go off that, can you, with a movie? Well, obviously they did. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I am. It's a weird one because it is really well done and it's fun to watch. But I am a bit more bloodthirsty personally. I like to see some chopped off heads or just a few like you know a hand come off <laughs> maybe an eyeball poked out something <laughs> you've seen all that before though come on yeah well none of, you don't get none of that here so you have to go somewhere else for that <laughs> but um i do enjoy the franchise of it i like the warrens i wish we explored the warrens a bit more i'd like to just see a day of them like being them instead of i don't know that sounds boring Oh, I don't know. Yeah. We could, we could have a day of them being That's them, for the TV and show. That would where you can explore and, you know, those things slowly and methodically. <laughs> I don't yeah. want a whole movie of a day of those two just, like, no. hanging around. Well, I would take the first hour, and then the second hour it goes apeshit. You know? Yeah, but you're not... What are you gaining? What just, story are you finding out? You already know they're fully in love. They believe what they're doing. Enjoy their characters, you know. Okay. Well, it doesn't sound interesting to me. Anyway, we, uh, again... It's the seventh in this series. I'm sure we're going to see more. Oh, yes, we are. The next one is The Conjuring 3. That's coming up next year, I believe. So um, thanks to Warner for letting us review the movie next week. Continuing our, what did we call it? Shocktober? Horror October? It was something really lame that I come up with. I'll go with Shocktober because it sounds good. Horror-tober. <laughs> Horror-tober. <laughs> no. Hortober. Yeah. Hortober. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's like I said, it's a whole different thing. Pornographic porno- movies for the whole month. <laughs> um, no, so next no, week. I was thinking something very different, so, but okay. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing our Hortober, <laughs> we're going to look at Crawl next week, which is uh, produced by Sam Raimi, and it's by the guy who did the Evil Dead movie, I believe. So we'll look at that next week. The Movie. Evil Dead movie. You know, the remake of The Evil Dead. Okay. The horrible, the one that was, not horrible, I actually really liked it, but the one that had a lot of gore and grossness. Now, there's a gross movie, if you like gross stuff. Do all the people in the Evil Dead universe who get killed by all those things actually be dead? All the dead? You Do mean, they be dead? You mean the deadites? Do they get killed by the deadites? Become a deadite? Yes. I've seen them all, but I don't remember everything. Yeah. So it's not like they wake up one day and then everybody's actually all right. No. Everyone's still really dead. You just... Okay. Yeah. It's pretty okay. scary. You don't want to be one. 
Because that's the end. Again, not really that scary. So, um, movie recommendations. I am going on um, the theme of Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. So, Patrick Wilson, I'll recommend you Zack Snyder's Watchmen, which he played. He was excellent in it. It was one of the first times I'd actually seen him in anything. And what that also plays into is Watchmen, the TV show, coming to HBO next week, I believe. What, are you a shill? I am a shill for you Watchmen. You sell on HBO? I love Watchmen. I okay. actually, oh, you, you bought me for Christmas, mm-hmm. one year, the ultimate edition of Zack Snyder's Watchmen in like a cool box with the comic book, remember? Yep. It's awesome. I'm a big Watchmen fan. So you haven't rewatched it, though. I have rewatched it. Oh, secretly. Didn't. Yeah. Damn. It's really a great movie. Um, I know most people hate it. I love it. If anyone has any tips on how to keep closer control and tabs on your uh, <laughs> spouse, let me know. Um, <laughs> I don't care. You can watch it 50 times. So watch me. Yeah, well, I, I love it. So Patrick Wilson was in that. It was really good. HBO making a new TV show of it, which is made by the people who made The Leftovers, which happens to be one of my favorite shows. I'm excited. Watchmen by The Leftovers people. And my second one for Vera Faminga is Orphan. Which is, oh, yeah. I really love Orphan. It's a really cool horror movie. Is that Vera Flaminga? Yeah, she was in that movie. And she wasn't the orphan. No, uh, no. <laughs> um, I don't remember her being the mom, but okay. Yeah, she's, she is. But Orphan, I didn't, you out. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening until it happened. And then I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to spoil it. It's a great movie, Orphan. It's, um, it's also from Warner Brothers. And it came out, what, like 15 years ago, maybe? It's been a while. There's Orphan 2 as well, I think. It's coming, right? Or it's not out yet. Orphan 2 is, I believe, coming soon or something. Mm. I mean, they can't pull what they did in the first one again. No. It have to be something else. But uh, yeah, Orphan and Watchmen. Your recommendations are? Mine are because it is Hortober. And so I have to watch some of my creepy movies. You've signed me up for Shudder. And I signed up for a month of Netflix. Yes, I know. They, I've shut them down a long time ago, but I decided it's a good source. It's quick and easy. I can shut it off at the end of the month. So this week I've watched a few. One on your recommendation, which I'll recommend, but I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying. You said to me, I've seen so many horror movies and I love zombie movies. That's my favorite horror genre, I believe. Yeah. Um, that I have to watch this quintessential. Yeah, one of the zombie first movies. Ones, really. It wasn't one of the first, but it was 1979. So there I mean, had been some before. I mean, one of the ones that... Well, had some impact. Yeah. Is just zombie. By, what's his name? Lucio Fulci. Okay. So Fulci, it's a Fulci movie. I don't know anything about that either. I'm not like a film connoisseur. I just he's, have watched a lot of films. He's an Italian director known for... Gory was, horror. He was firstly known for these weird detective stories that are kind of gory, and then secondly known for horror, like zombies and stuff. Right. Now, this movie, Zombie, from 1979, it's not like it's... It's not good. It's not got a good story. It's got a flimsy little story tucked in there. A girl looking for her father on a weird island, and then this reporter guy goes... He's Mr. It's very sexist. Mr. Smooth is very, is very what? <laughs> sexist? It's, no, it's, well, yes. I'm very 1970s also. <laughs> yes. I like the pace of it, though. I do like the way it's put together. It yep. has a gory scene that I was even like, whoa. 
Oh, yes. It is infamous. It is. But it's also, if this guy was like a film connoisseur, film a studier of film, then he would have seen the movie that Salvador Dali made where they slice open an eyeball with a razor blade right up close. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So something like that in this. And then the rest of it's just really bad makeup and really bad. Like, these are the slowest zombies ever on record ever, ever. (laughs) They are. And so when the person becomes scared and then they just stop moving and they just go... (laughs) You, but you and it goes on and on and on. It's like, all you gotta do is like step out the door because they're not going to catch up with you. So that kind of stuff, because I've seen so many other movies, I was like, it wasn't edited together in a way that like makes any sense really. But there are shots of it that look amazing for 1979 film stock. It looks um, crispy clear. It looks really cool. Mention, uh, you haven't mentioned it, but one of the best scenes in the movie. One of the best scenes? Yes. What? Well, to me, you know, the opening shot with the boat and the cops getting on the boat. Yeah. I, yep. always, I always found that effective. I think yeah. it's pretty effective. But secondly, there's a really, in the middle of the movie, there is something that you have never seen before. Which one? There's some nudity involved. Yeah. There's a boat involved. And there's also a shark involved. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you forgot that. <laughs> Just look up Zombie Fights Shark. You'll probably find this movie. So it's, there you go. There's it that. Is, it is le- it's legitimately, <laughs> when you're watching it, you're like, how did they get this? This is This footage is very good. It does. And we've looked it up and now we know how it got made. So you need to watch it. And then you can even probably find a clip of it on YouTube. You're like, this is no rubber shark. No, this is not the Jaws crappy shark. (laughs) This is like a a shark shark. Oh, yeah, there's that. Zombie fighting. Oh, yeah. Naked woman. Yeah, there's sexism and there's Jaws. (laughs) And there's really slow zombies with people who literally just stand there waiting to be murdered. And but I've seen it now. It's under my zombie belt. It is. Your cinematic blind spot for that has gone. That correct? Now, there's other movies that aren't zombie movies, but like, I've never <laughs> seen Clockwork Orange. Oh, wow. I know. What? It's know. also got an eyeball situation, correct? Yes. Okay. Haven't seen that one either. I think that in time, over time, if something's become super popular, I hear a lot about it, it doesn't draw me to it at all. It repels me. And so... The power of... <laughs> the power of, power of popular movies repels you. The power of popular movies repels you. And if we're talking about Exorcist. I didn't watch that because it was popular. I watched it because it was late at night. I was 12. It was on television. My parents were out. I wasn't probably supposed to be watching it at all. I'll tell you I'd why. Never, I'd never even heard of it. I'd it never just even heard on. of it either. The reason I watched it is we had a we got a new brand new VCR. We never had one before. There was a new VCR. And when my uh, foster parents left, I went to the new VCR and there was one tape on top, the only tape we had. Didn't have a label on it or anything. I put it in and watched it. Turned out it was the exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we came across movies like that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't draw, I'm not drawn to movies because they're popular. So that's not why I would have watched Zombie, except you encouraged me. And then we did watch it on, did we watch it on a service? No, we watched it. Uh, we have We it. reviewed the Blu-ray when they remastered it. Right. Which was 
10 years ago, maybe? I've not reviewed that movie. Yeah, it's... I have never seen it. The Exorcist. No, Zombie. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, we've never reviewed Zombie. Okay. I'm on a different page. My other one that I watched this week, it's called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Again? It's not like a great horror movie or anything, and the ultimate story, it's kind of like, okay, okay, I'm not seeing that exactly it has brian cox and the guy from the movie you like into the wild is that him um emile hirsch yes emile hirsch oh the girl next door he's also in and this is the autopsy of jane doe and it's actually it's it's i enjoyed it it was kind of like hmm never it's got a lot of drawn out little scares and stuff too that seem to have been above the level of quality because it's pretty high quality. Right. It's set in like a fa- old family mortuary with the like place downstairs where they do all the embalming and the autopsies and stuff. So it's pretty. It seems like I'm thinking, did they really go to a place? Did someone let them in to their business to do this? Because it looks really legit, right? Um, there's a lot of jump scares and a lot of fake outs. There's a few little tropes in there, like movie horror people will be like, oh, come on, but. It was actually quite an interesting idea tucked in there. Mm. So, Autopsy of Jane Doe. It's on Netflix. And Zombie. And then I'm going to tell you about this one because it's horrible. And I won't say don't watch it. Because I'm all about watch it and decide for yourself. But I, I even went, I even watched it all. Because I decided I'm in. I just got to finish it. It's called Death House. And I'm talking about... One oh, that's of a shitty one, yeah. The worst movies. And I don't mean worst like because of the gore. It has like cheap bloody gore. No big deal. Um, not because it's scary, because it's not, not because of its ideology about demons in the world and capturing them in the print whatever. Um, it was just so bad. Like bad. Every single thing was bad, except there were a couple of times when the photography of it looked really nice. Like, briefly. Very, very briefly in the very, very beginning. But that was, like, two shots. <laughs> that's all I can, that's all I can mm-hmm. dig up. It's just bad. They throw out a bunch of popular horror movie, sort of, like, A-slash-D-listers. You know what I'm saying? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, the guy who played um, Jason. I think it was Jason. Yeah. The, also, that guy, the guy from The Devil's Rejects. Yeah, and D. Williams, who was um, uh, in Cujo and the, the Howling. I need to watch The Howling. I really like her in that. I really like that anyway. But um, so they got a bunch of like people that horror fans and maybe like schlock horror fans will be identifying with, and it's like that. It's just so bad. It's badly edited. It's got a bad story. It's like if you gave a 17-year-old horror fan with limited um, exposure to horror movies a camera and a script and like a couple bucks and said, here, make a movie. That's that's what you'd get. And it was so bad, but I watched it all. It is now marked down in my Netflix history. Damn. <laughs> and yeah. it's, and it, is it two hours you wish you, would, wish you would have back? No, I wouldn't say that because it's quite stimulating to be constantly thinking my god this is so bad (laughs) there's something there's something very satisfying about that i don't even know why it's just um this might make people want to see it i don't know but it's called death house 
Um, and IMDb reviews tell us what this is all about. <laughs> Are these going to be for Death House? <laughs> no, for <laughs> Annabelle Comes Home. This is when you find one-star reviews on IMDb and read them about the movie that we've just watched. And occasionally we agree with them, but very rarely. Yeah. <laughs> so these are like, I could, re- you know, just started off reading like people who hate movies generally. I just hate that. They seem to hate life, these kind of people. <laughs> these are the people. Yeah, but I movie. sounded like that just now, talking about the death house. You did. Anyway, these are the one starers on For Annabelle Comes Home. The one star IMDb people. Okay. First one says, spoiler alert, this film is C star star P. You had to censor it because of, like, the movie. You can't offend anything. Crap? That's not even a bad word. Yeah, he he censored himself. Damn. There you go. An insult to the genre and the franchise, but more importantly, to my intelligence. There was a werewolf. Yes, a werewolf. Even if you could justify its appearance, you couldn't explain it. Avoid. Hang on to the memories of the first two movies. You've been warned. (laughs) I disagree, but... This guy says, Don't expect to be scared. The worst Annabelle Annabelle movie, and I love them. Sad they do not make horror movies like they used to. Hmm. They do. Some are very, very good. This guy says, I spent one hour on this movie and didn't get scared. Not even once. You only spent one hour (laughs) on the movie. (laughs) That's what you can take Maybe away. Maybe sped it up. Maybe. This guy says, Very pathetic movie. Save your money, fellows, and watch Toy Story 4 instead. <laughs> They're very different. That's very, 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 very different. This guy says, Nothing is scary in this movie. I was waiting, and I'm still waiting. Well, stop waiting. It's not going to get any better. This guy says, Literally, so funny. How about not going into the haunted room? Well, you could say that about any any horror movie ever. True. Don't open the thing. Don't go down the road. Don't get in the car. Don't you know? Don't do anything. Then then the movie wouldn't happen. How about not opening anything that is marked "Don't open it ever" on the door? <laughs> this is a hole in the plot. That, that would solve it all. The hole in the plot. Well, it does actually say on the door, this do, don't, like, yeah. well, on the on the case, it says don't open it ever, ever. And she opens it. But, I mean, in horror movies, people do what they're not supposed to, always. True. Because you're always going, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. It's the trope of horror movies. What have we got here? Give me my money back. <laughs> this is the most shitty movie I've ever watched. Don't even bother to watch it. It's the worst in the Conjuring series. Con- Conjuring. Don't watch this. This movie has no story. Well, <laughs> that's we we've said that, cemetery? but it doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it. I do think that it doesn't really have a story, but hey, um, please don't waste your time and money on this movie. I feel like I'm watching the same hackneyed plot over and over again. I absolutely believe that this movie is pure chaos. <laughs> that sounds good. Pure chaos. I have a one star review. Of Death House. It starts with, my God! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. How could these horror icons do this to themselves? If they needed money, it would be less embarrassing to stand on a street corner and beg for change. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you agree with the one star, well, it's like, yeah, man, that makes total sense. But when you disagree with them, you're like, fuck off. This is a good one for, this is back to Annabelle. This one, this reviewer says, I hate Daniela. 
This is all her fault. This isn't her house, but she keeps wandering around and touching stuff. Sigh. <laughs> that is what you took away is this character got on your nerves. Yeah. That's fair, I guess. You can't touch your stuff. And uh, there was a, they baked a cake in this movie, but it had a burned top. I kept thinking about that. You did? A, yeah. There was a pizza and a pizza, there was a slice missing. There's also that. Are these plot holes? <laughs> they never followed up on that cake. We saw them bring yeah, the cake Yeah, when did she have time to decorate this cake? It was yeah, the cake was pretty, nice. pretty good cake. Yeah. She was pretty talented. We're digging. We're digging. All right, so that's um, our review of Annabelle Comes Home. And one review for Death House. Um, so, games, I've been playing some more Dirt Rally 2. It's rallying. You drive down the road. You don't crash into stuff. You get a good time. I talked about it last week. It's Dirt Rally 2. It's on Game Pass. You don't have to pay for it. I think Dirt Rally kind of wraps it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Kind of says it all. It's free on Game Pass. I mentioned that. I've also been playing a bit of Grid, which is another racing game. And it's made by the same people, Codemasters. It's brand new this week. And it is not like Dirt, where you're on a rally course. It's more a track-based version where you're going around, you know, Silverstone, Brands Hatch, those kind of places. It's just the next installment in Grid is... I've played a bit of it this week. It's not... I've played a lot of Forza. I just, I've been playing Forza for like two years since it came out. Just keep playing it because there's loads of levels and stuff to do. And that's of such a high quality. Anything else nowadays seems to be kind of second best to it. Mm. And that's how Grid feels. It just... It's good. It's... You know, it, it's a racing game, but it doesn't really have what Forza has. Forza seem to have, like, perfected the racing game. So, and finally, there was a sad death this week in the movie world. And that was Robert Forster, who I really had grown to appreciate over the years. And maybe three weeks ago, I rewatched Jackie Brown. And I, t- I kept saying to you how fantastic he is in that movie. He was also the... What else was he in that I love? A few things. Well... um, Twin Peaks. He was Sheriff Truman in in the new Twin Peaks. I was going to say Twilight Zone. (laughs) Yeah. He uh, is... You know, you'll have seen him. He's been in over a hundred movies. You will have seen Robert Foster, even if you don't know who I'm talking about. Um, And he died... He had a battle with brain cancer. So another Twin Peaks person gone. So when we bring him back Twin Peaks... Because I believe we're going to. Don't you? I don't know. <sighs> I'm not a gossip monger. Or I will, I'll believe it when I see it. So RIP Mr. Robert Foster. Jackie Brown was is definitely my favorite performance of his. It's almost like the, the performance he put in in Twin Peaks, which I really like too. And I, I've I watched him in it. And in Twin Peaks, to me, it feels like, you know, like, most of us don't know what's going on in Twin Peaks. Like, it's kind of a mystery. It felt like he came into it and didn't even understand it after reading it. He was just, <laughs> he's just like the guy who's there, and he's like, okay, I'm going with this. I'm the sheriff. I'm not <laughs> because he ask, wouldn't know. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just the sheriff. And he, was, he played it very calm and reserved, you know? Yeah. In, in all the crazy characters around him, but he was... Yeah, uh, he's, he's a great loss, I think, to the movie world. Do you think he'll be on the Oscars um, in Memorial this year? I don't know. Can't even speculate. I'll feel ripped off if he isn't. 
Anyway, what's for dinner? Tonight we will have Impossible Whoppers. It's the easiest. I mean, it takes me a freaking hour to get over there and come back with it. So delicious. But because you're so beggy about it, we'll have it. It's really delicious. I mean, I don't know because I still can't taste anything, but it has a good texture. It's always fresh. The ones we get are nice and fresh. All the stuff is good. Yeah, it's very, 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 very delicious. Nice. All right, and what is your advice? And then we will piss off. It's not really advice, it's just a question. You know when you, like, um, look at, for example, a lipstick? You know, lipstick, and we've learned, I mean, I knew this before, but we saw What's-Her-Face did her video where there's a mold or, like, a shape. They pour the liquid in, it gets hardened, and then it's the shape of the lipstick. And they'll make a million of those. Someone made the mold to make that lipstick. Or they make a mold to make a pot or a glass or a vase or the form mold that made this microphone or whatever. You know, they make the mold. They decide exactly how they want it to be. They limit it to that shape, size, everything. And then they make a bunch of them the same. And if there's something different about them, obviously that's a flaw and it's not right. And I think, you know, I would ask, like, are you, you in your life making choices and and fretting over or trying to be something that fills someone else's mold. Like someone else designed the mold for a life the way they think it should be. And you're just trying to fill it up so that everything fits. So, you know, when you crack it open, you fit all of their expectations with absolutely nothing no leakage, no little like seam line showing, you know, nothing wrong with you based on someone else's idea and design of what your life should be. Because if that's what makes a person happy and satisfied and gets them through their days, that's fair. I just, that wouldn't be good enough for me. Like I, I think that's the source of a lot of mental health issues or acting out on mental health issues is because of a set of expectations that like you're crammed into by the people around you without ever questioning or doubting because they're your parents or they're your grandparents or they're your teachers or they're the people who have, you know, whatever. They're all cramming all these things into this mold for you to be. And then you think there's this thing over here about me and it doesn't fit that, but I can't tell them and I can't be that. But what's wrong with it? Like, doesn't you can't figure out what's... There's nothing wrong with, like, I personally don't believe in any gods of any kind. That does not fit the mold <laughs> that most of the people in my life have sitting over there off stage left for me to cram myself into, right? That is a big giant flaw. That's a big leakage of something. I don't know. I also... We've been vegetarian for 10 years. That doesn't fit the mold. I am extremely willing to say to anyone's face, like, why are you saying that? Why do you think that racist joke is funny? Why are you being totally old school sexist? Like, I'll just say it. That also doesn't fit a mold. People don't like that. I'm not, I'm not one of the millions that are getting cranked out in the shame, same shape, you know, that's comfortable for everyone. So, but in the end, like when my life is done, me being me will have done no harm to the world other than your standard, you know, we're human. We're constantly doing harm to the world. But I mean, me personally, it will not make a difference to anyone anywhere of any kind. 
that I have made the decision in my life to be who I am and not be who other people expect me to be. Now, I'm not destructive. I'm not talking about people who are abusive or hateful, destructive, want to have plots to destroy things or rip things down or advocate violence or taking away freedoms from other people. None of that. I'm just talking about being who you are. And a lot of it's, you know, our, the last few years, we have more information about, you know, gender issues with people and transgender and people. I mean, that's a thing that if that's you, who you are and your whole life around you is telling you, nope, that's not the mold. <laughs> you will be rejected immediately if you show us that part of who you are, right? So that sticks in my mind as a big thing that you might think I have to keep that hidden, tucked away deep down inside and fit their mold. And yet being who you are will not have done any damage. It might hurt some people's feelings. It might make some people not want to be around you. But is that really, you know, I don't have a lot of friends as a result of who I am. I have very solid friends but I don't make everyone my friend because they're going to get sick of me eventually. So I just think, are you filling someone's mold and you want to carve a little design on the side of your own? You want to make a little different shape or size of your life and you can't or you won't? I mean, just, I hope that you can if it's safe and you get the chance to. Well, thank you. Well mm -hmm. said. Thanks. Eloquent. Was it though? And I don't delectable. know about that. <laughs> I don't know about eloquent. That's not a word that would probably ever apply to me. All right. So you can catch us everywhere podcasts are sold. But we won't sell it yet. It's free. <laughs> podcasts are not sold. <laughs> are they? I don't know. That's a scam. Some maybe. Maybe you need to subscribe or like and favorite. I don't know. We don't have any of that. <laughs> you don't have to like us. We undersell us. You don't have to like me. You can like him if you want. You can uh, catch us on uh, social networking places. <laughs> you can catch this podcast everywhere that podcasts are sold, but not Spotify. So podcasts aren't sold. Don't mislead the people. Everywhere they it's are. It's free. It's free. It's away. not sponsored. It's free. You can uh, catch us, uh, Sid Talk, on Instagram. You can email feedback to me at aschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschool